Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as always, we got a lot of ground to cover on the fastest 60 minutes of radio as we try to help you slow things down, help you divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, connect the dots, and help you make the news make sense in your world today. And we've got our eyes on a, a host of things. And as always, we want you to help us elevate that conversation. You can do that on our Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line at 57500. Uh, it is fascinating to me the uh, wall-to-wall coverage we're getting on uh, some of the news networks of the Electoral College is casting its vote for uh, president today. Uh, today is the day uh, for that to take place that will bring final closure to the 2020 election cycle as uh, all of those votes are cast. No doubt in terms of the result uh, coming today as the electors do their duty and uh, cast those votes. Uh, we know there have been uh, over 50 over fifty different uh, lawsuits brought in conjunction with the 2020 presidential election, uh, each of which has been dismissed uh, based on evidence or lack thereof. Uh, and so today should be a, uh, a closure point, a pivot point, hopefully, for the country uh, as things begin to move forward. It'll be fascinating to watch how uh, Vice, uh, the former Vice President, President-elect Joe Biden, uh, what he will do today, how he will respond to that. It'll also be fascinating to see how President Donald Trump uh, reacts today as the Electoral College does its duty, casts its votes, and uh, we solidify the election of the next President of the United States. So we're we're keeping our eye on that today. Uh, also, uh, vaccine moving forward today, uh, also very important. We know uh, Utah is receiving uh, an allotment of uh, one percent of the vaccines that are available are coming here to the state of Utah. And so we'll watch how uh, those arrive, what that means and uh, how all of that moves forward as we get uh, further into the day today. And we've got some really special things on the program today. You want to hang around for the full hour. Uh, we've got um, our good friend Teresa Deer is going to join us from Illinois. She wrote a letter, an open letter to 2020. <laughs> you don't want to miss it. Some great lessons, some great insight uh, looking back and projecting ahead uh, in terms of what we need to do. And then coming up at 1135, uh, we are going to uh, have a an exclusive interview uh, with a former presidential candidate from Mali, uh, also a former ambassador from Mali. 
uh, Ambassador uh, Shimaki will be uh, joining us in a great conversation with him this morning. Uh, he's doing some great things with Empower Molly, uh, which is really about giving people a hand up, not a handout, and breaking the pover- uh, cycles of poverty uh, there in that uh, African nation. And so uh, that's coming up at 1135 today. Uh, so you definitely do not want to to miss that as well. All right, as uh, we move through and around the Electoral College, I will give you an update on the Electoral College. Currently, uh, Joe Biden is at 125 electoral votes, and uh, President Trump is at 56 electoral votes. Uh, Wisconsin is casting its ballots uh, currently, one of those uh, states that had some drama and some lawsuits going on post-election. So we'll keep our eye on that. We may jump into that one uh, uh, in just a little bit here if that gets interesting, but doesn't look like anything is going to uh, radically change there in the state of Wisconsin as they cast uh, their votes. Uh, let's go do a, a quick bit of sound from earlier in the day. Uh, Stacey Abrams uh, cast electoral votes uh, in the state of Georgia. I am pleased to announce that Joseph R. Biden has received 16 votes for president of the United States. Uh, so, again, that's the state of Georgia. Of course, Georgia was uh, the focus of a lot of the lawsuits and uh, a lot of allegations stemming out of Georgia. And uh, those electoral ballot ballots uh, have been cast, uh, cast by Stacey Abrams. Uh, and she was clearly a, uh, a power player in the state of Georgia in 2020. And uh, so she was selected as an elector. She uh, oversaw today's vote uh, and cast that vote uh, for Joe Biden. And uh, so that's going to continue to march on as we go through the day today. And uh, I want to jump back uh, just for a second to uh, some of the things going on as it relates uh, to uh, the uh, pandemic and where we are in terms of numbers there and what's happening. Uh, Obviously, this uh, Operation Warp Speed really did work in the country. And uh, American innovation uh, was able to drive uh, just unprecedented uh, speed in terms of doing things properly, doing it the right way. And now, of course, it's uh, the next challenge is distribution and getting those doses out uh, everywhere they need to go, especially to our frontline workers and to the most vulnerable. So we'll continue to watch that. A lot of activity happening here uh, in the state of Utah on that front as well. Now, I want to take uh, just a couple minutes here in this uh, first break to go back to last week. Uh, We made the most obvious prediction of all, and that is that the government would not shut down on Friday, but that Congress would not do their job either, (laughs) that they would do what they've become exceptional at, and that is kicking the can down the road. Uh, And they must really be leg weary in Washington, D.C., because they could only kick the can seven days They kicked the can seven days. Now, just for perspective, Congress is required by law, by the Constitution, to every year have a budget, and a budget alone is not enough. There has to be appropriation bills approved before spending is supposed to take place. And I forget if there's 12 or 13 uh, separate bills that Congress is supposed to vote on independently. There should be independent votes for all of the different areas of government that are to be funded. Why? So that you can break it down and say, well, do we really need to spend that much on defense? Should we really be spending that much on education? Do we really do we need more to spend on infrastructure? And those debates should happen in front of the American people. But Congress has gotten into the habit 
of doing these big omnibus bills and these continuing resolutions, or CR, you'll often hear it referred to. And that continuing resolution is just saying we are going to continue to spend as we have been spending, whether the money is there or not. And we know it's not because we're $27 trillion in debt as a nation. So we know the money's not there. So for Congress to say we're going to keep spending at the same levels we've always spent because we can, uh, that would never hold up at my household. I don't think it would hold up at your household. Doesn't hold up here in the state of Utah either, by the way. Doesn't happen in our cities either. Uh, the United States government is the only place that I know this works. So uh, that part we got to get past. So what did Congress do on Friday? The day, again, you get the dire predictions. Avalanche is going to happen. Armageddon's coming. Uh, we're going to run out of money. And so Congress, of course, jumps in in front of the cliff and says, oh, okay, we'll do it for another seven days. So we have till Friday. We have till Friday to fund the government once again. And I'll make another very obvious but bold prediction that the next thing they will do is they will do a continuing resolution that will get them, I don't know, sometime into January, like a few days after there's an inauguration of a president. Just saying. Uh, that's probably what we're up uh, up against uh, moving forward. Uh, and so those are the things that uh, are continuing to happen. We know that the uh, relief bill has uh, been sidelines. We know uh, Senator Romney, junior senator from Utah, uh, has been part of these bipartisan talks on the $908 billion relief package. They It now looks like they're going to try to split that into two parts, uh, see if that's more palatable to either the left or the right in the Senate or in the House. And my guess is it's going to be pretty tough sledding on that front as well, uh, all for political purposes, uh, not for the purposes of the American people. Uh, and so that's the challenge. We have so many things that are broken in Washington, D.C., and we aren't holding anyone accountable for it. Uh, all of these things. This is the worst time of year for the spending habits of the of America, uh, because it's the end. Not only the end of a year, it's also the end of a session of Congress. And so everybody is throwing all of these spending things out there and these bills out there, hoping they can get them through by unanimous consent. Uh, unanimous consent was designed for a specific reason to name post offices and approve low-level appointees, uh, to declare National Donut Day and those kinds of things. But now it's the new earmark, and it's how we get things through. And members of Congress don't read those bills, and they don't have to be accountable for them because they're passed unanimously. No one actually has to cast a vote. So when someone says no and objects, that doesn't stop anything. It just forces everyone to have to do their job and cast a vote. We'll talk more about that later on this week. Uh, we're going to go ahead and step aside. When we come back, open letter to 2020 from our good friend, Teresa Deer. Don't miss it on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 